Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, Comedy Film Nerds episode 331, a third of the way to 993. <laughs> uh, and back from Comic-Con. Yay! And, as always, exhausted, but we brought a, uh, a fellow Comic-Con soldier with yeah. us today. It was fun. Thanks, everyone, that came out. It was really cool. Uh, we love doing that panel. That, the Rick year. Myers panel was so great, especially, you know, so you had Eric Jacobus on it, and he showed um, a clip from his new short, Blinded. Blindsided. Blindsided. I'm so, mm-hmm. I've, I've missed <laughs> I was like a thousand times. Um, <laughs> Blinded. He yeah. did his movie Blinded, uh, which was cool. He plays a, a blind guy, sort of an inspiration from all the Zatoichi films. Right. Uh, and and that was really cool. And of course, James Liu was on the panel. Mm, he's awesome. <laughs> so James Liu uh, did the choreography for the new Marvel Netflix Luke Cage, yes. the Power Man, which I was so pumped to hear about because mm-hmm. I used to get Power Man and Iron Fist. Uh, uh-huh as a subscription when I, mm-hmm. I remember when I was a kid and I was like, you could get comics sent to your house. I know, right. Mailed right a, to your A door. mail guy shows up and gives mm-hmm. you a comic book. It's like, in its own sleeve it's too. It's crazy. <laughs> I thought that was the craziest thing. So I would get Spider-Man and mm-hmm. uh, Power Man Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so James Liu did the choreography on that. He also, as I've talked about, did the choreography on the martial arts kid, this low budget yes. film mm-hmm. that I, and I got to watch, and I talked about it on the panel, I got to watch him work on the final fight scene in martial arts kid between Don the Dragon Wilson and TJ Storm is choreographed by James Liu. Mm-hmm. So I was on the set, you know, cause I'm like a security guard and I had mm-hmm. like two lines or whatever. And I got to watch them because it's low budget. They shot the whole movie in two and a half right. weeks. They got four cameras working and it was like. And not the same four cameras either. It was like, it wasn't it like there was a small camera and then there was like a red, didn't you say it was oh, all yeah, different all, types all, of cameras? All different types of cameras. Yeah. And because they didn't have the time, there was no budget to do a single camera shoot of a fight scene. Right. So they had to just do this fight and then capture it mm-hmm. um, from all these different angles. And so they were, they were, you know he was doing fight choreography on the set. And because you're watching three really amazing martial artists, three professionals, three guys that have been in probably hundreds of films combined. Mm. Um, you know, TJ storm does a lot of mocap like right. that. That's he, you know, so a lot of video game mocap stuff and, 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 you know, Don the dragon Wilson has done 60 or 70 movies or something like mm. that, you know? So it was amazing watching them. I, I get the, watch the guy that trained Luke Cage work right. on, a, on a low budget um, martial arts. So that was cool. That's what's so great about the the Rick Myers uh, superhero kung fu extravaganza is I've met amazing people through that. I mean, we met Eric. Um, so yes. that was cool. And the people coming out. And it's so fun, too, because Rick picks, you know, he picks some movies that some Hong Kong films from the seventies that are being, you know, uh, redone and sold. And one of them was Kung Fu versus yoga, which is one of the most amazing Hilarious. movies I've ever seen. You <laughs> said it was going to be in that trailer compilation that you're yeah. working on too, yeah. which looks really, Oh my God. It's like, you'd think, well, nobody actually made that movie. No, Oh no, the it's out it there. We saw made. it. We yeah. saw it, man. We <laughs> saw this Yogi who could put his, you know, his leg behind his neck behind his back. And, and so his foot is like out next to by his, his ear, by his ear. And then he's, a dude in a fight it was unbelievable it was the most amazing thing i've ever seen like where do i get that full movie um so uh so that was awesome and then got to see uh you know i went by jonathan london's booth uh, oh geekscape yeah geekscape mm-hmm. that was cool 
Um, I saw, ran into a listener, Craig Rasmussen, who's also a comic book. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, He's an artist and went by his booth. They were doing cool stuff down there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just seeing, and then we, you know, all of the trailers that were released that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about them for sure. Uh, and in addition to Star Trek Beyond. Well, let's introduce our guest then. Let's we'll get into me. it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, <clears throat> the host of Comics on Comics. And they, you guys have been doing this podcast for many years now. Uh, Off yes. and on. You know, there, there's some, been some, a couple of hiatuses, some yeah. post changes. and But you never, you never stop, which mm. is awesome. You just, you persevere and you've done it for... Uh, uh, many, eight many years. years. Eight years now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Juan Manuel Rocha. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for coming back. Oh, dude, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I love you guys. I love the show. Uh, so uh, any opportunity to come down. And a big uh, Comic-Con, another veteran. You're there the whole time. I'm there. I'm there the whole time. I showed up on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I pick up my passes at 3 o'clock. Right. And basically from... From uh, from Wednesday to Sunday, it's like ninety six straight hours of work. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So before we we're going to talk about the specific trailers later in the show, but overall, so you've been going to Comic Con for how many years now? Uh, my very first Comic Con was ninety three. Okay. Have you gone every year since then, or most? Mm, no? So I, I I've missed a lot. I mean, I was thirteen in ninety three. Oh, right. Yeah. So <laughs> so I, I missed a whole bunch, but I've probably been. Uh, by the I would way, say, how like, dare you? But okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, hey, it took a lot of convincing from my mom, like to to convince my mom to allow a thirteen year old and my eleven year old brother mm-hmm. to go by ourselves to San Diego <laughs> for a day. Right? That's that. It, it, that was never going to happen. But mm-hmm. but I kept asking. I kept asking. And um, I had I had a friend who lived in San Diego, so I had been there before. So mm-hmm. I had been on the train, and I knew how to get. And I knew that. From the train station to the convention center was just a trolley right away. Right. So I was able to convince my mom that, look, I'm going to hop on the train. I'm going to hop on the trolley. I'm going to be there. Then I'm going to hop on the trolley. I'm going to hop yeah. on the train. And I'm back. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, fine. And she and allowed she me. she was like, I don't want to go. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, of course not. You know, they, it's probably the most boring thing in the world for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but at 13, I loved it. And I, my brother loved it. And it was... The most amazing thing in the world, like walking through door A when you're right. a kid and seeing this, see, seeing the largest con- uh, convention in the world of the things you love. Right. right. That is the most amazing feeling in the world. Especially that first time. That first, absolutely. Doors. You know, I'm 13, I've got my little brother there, mm-hmm. and we've got money in our, like more right. money than I've ever had in my pocket ever mm-hmm. at one time. And I'm like, oh my God. And my mom gave me the credit card just in case. Oh, oh so good. And there weren't so, 10 million people there. There weren't, the yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, you were walking around. One of the things I've seen. Um, in the since ninety three is the rise of females attendees mm-hmm. fe- people uh, female working mm-hmm. um, and and people always say oh you know Comic Con is losing the comic bookness it's all being taken over the reality is the comic book section of Comic Con has never really changed in size it's just that everything else is getting so much bigger. Right. You can still spend your entire time only doing comic book things at Comic Con. Right. <clears throat> But it's interesting that it's split up, like, uh, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more, but the comic book sections are on the far sides of the convention floor. Like, the, for one side, it's Artist Alley, where uh, Graham was talking about, where you see the artist and the drawing, um, they could do commissions for you, whatever. Then yeah. on the other side are all, like, the publishers and books and comic book 
um, retailers, but then in the middle is like all the movies and, and, and yeah. toy companies. So it, it's weird that they still kind of separate them a little bit, but um, it's they're still there. They're still a presence. A- a- absolutely. Um, it's not like they got overwhelmed, just like you said, everything else got bigger. Yeah, and and the thing is that it's just an influx of casual fans. Right. You know, when, when it, you know, 93, everybody kind of knew everything, you know, because right. it was just a small concentration. Mm-hmm. Um, and now people are just there to discover you know, people who've never read comic books mm-hmm. are picking things up, and I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whole families are going. There are people who go down to Comic Con who can't even get in, but spend this amazing time at Comic Con. Well, like, oh, yeah, I yeah. mean, that's the thing too. Like, and we've talked about it. You know, in the last couple of years of how they've really expanded into the city of San Diego, and one of the cool things, like I was a part of this uh, Screen Junkies panel. Mm. Because uh, Doug Benson's doing this new show on Screen Junkies, and they just took over a bar. Yeah, that was like where they have live music, and so mm-hmm. they just put this panel up there, and they just made it the Screen Junkies hub. And you know, anybody could go in. You didn't need a yeah. badge. Anyone can go in, uh, and it's all Screen Junkies branded stuff. But they do, you know, they do honest trailers, and they do really mm-hmm. cool things there. And then, you know, so I was on um, with uh, uh, Jonah Ray and. Um, this woman, uh, Claire, from uh, she was on Buffy and stuff like that. I forget her last name. It's bl- I'm blanking out right now. But we were on. We talked about the con, and then we played a couple games. Like we played a game from Doug Loves Movies, which was fun. And then after our panel, Danny McBride was on a panel talking mm. about the Vice Principal show that's coming out. Right. And I was like, that's not even on the convention no. floor. That is. Right. That was just an awesome. Those two panels were really cool. Because I was just watching the Danny McBride panel after hours, which was great, and and you see a fraction of what is actually a comic. Oh, yeah, you, there's there's no way one person can do everything. Right. So you know the and all the hotels, everything now, like even the hotels next to the convention center have a whole list of panels right. and yeah. programs and theaters downtown. There's bars and restaurants, yeah. like you're talking about. Like sometimes they're completely bought out. Like we, uh, um, you know, the kid, I, I brought my kids with me for the 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 couple of days we thought oh maybe wednesday won't be as crowded nope just as crowded yep, yep. doesn't matter anymore um but thursday like because they saw some of the stuff being built they're like oh we want to go through like the suicide squad mm. you know the little walkthrough mm. thing and then there's like there was actually one of those a ride for like timeless where it was just one of those centrifugal force spinners but uh-huh. uh um you know we get up the next day we go and they're like what's that line for that's the line that people got up at 7 a.m to get in to just to see the suicide squad uh, walkthrough exhibit. And wow. They said it's probably about a five-hour wait. The wow. Line. Just just to get in, you know, to do a little bit of virtual reality, to yeah. see, like, the Belgrade prison that they built in there. Mm. It's not like even any of the stars are there. It's just, yeah. it's a, it's a, a walkthrough. So... Uh, it's amazing too that people just you know they'll, they'll wait in line just just for that. Absolutely, um, they, they built South Park down there. Did you see? Yes, they built South Park. Uh-huh. You know, um, uh, Adult Park Swim was cool. Yeah, they, you know, they bought they built the entire town. Yeah, you could walk through. It was amazing. It, every like you know there are now different conventions. There are smaller conventions that are happening a part of Comic Con. It's now. like sl- yeah. Sundance, Slam Dance. You know, yeah, all the uh, yeah, all the city, you know. all the festivals in Park City right, during yeah, the exactly. week of Sundance. It's uh-huh. the same. It's like the, the the other thing too. Like, and, and I've talked about it in the past too. There's that little park next to Petco. Yes, so Petco is fi- where the yeah. where the that's where the Padres play. But they do events inside Petco during Comic Con, and then next to it, this little park that had like the Conan O'Brien interactive thing. It had right. this Jack in the Box 
interactive yeah. thing that was amazing. And this awesome with zombies. With zombies. Mm-hmm. And then it had this this vegan barbecue place that I ate at that right. was fantastic. Wow. <laughs> I, I will say this year, um, that area was a little less than it usually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was there. yeah. It wasn't very I remember packed. when we went there once, there was like an entire like museum of like superhero cars and all yeah. these amazing things. Yeah. This year was a little light and uh we did go into the Evil Dead house though. That was fun. Nice. Mm. We went in there and we got like I got like a t shirt and um, so, but there, there was definitely stuff there, but that felt like, oh, if, did some couple people not show up for this? Cause there was like this whole area that was empty mm-hmm. yeah. over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's not empty. It was parking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, cause they had, you know, Adult Swim had these giant, you know, inflatable things at yeah. one point. So it was, a, it was a little light, but, uh. Let's uh, let's take a little break from talking um, Comic Con and go Star Trek. Then we'll get back into mm. it. Okay, uh, we're gonna do a Star Trek spoiler. We are. Yeah. All right, we are. Let's we do are. it. So we won't get into the spoils. I will say this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna quote uh, my girlfriend, who's a huge Star Trek fan. Okay. She's a very big Next Gen fan. In fact, mm-hmm. she bought a, a Wesley Willis uh, glass crusher. Wesley Crusher. Wesley Crusher. I'm sorry, Wesley Crusher. <laughs> Uh, she's gonna kill me for that. <laughs> Wesley, Cru- she found a Wesley Crush- at Crusher. Comic-Con. She's like, look what I got. I was just like, you're adorable. <laughs> you, you're the only one. They had one in stock. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll bring one a year. Yeah. It only sells to one person. <laughs> yeah. She bought next gen comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, not that expensive. Um, <laughs> what a surprise. But I, I obviously, I, I love the original series. I love the original movies. I, I, I've always kind of liked Next Gen. But she summed it up great, in my opinion. She said it's a great action movie. It's a terrible Star Trek film. Because it has no Star Trek. It's very... It, well, all the Star Trek films are bad Star Trek films. I mean, the, the, new, the new series. They're right. not Star Trek. They're not. They're just action movies. Yeah. There's fun action stuff, and they just sort of sprinkle in a little, but there's no... There's no social commentary. There's no the Star Trek shows and even the 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 Shatner movies were very smart. Not all of them, but mm. like um uh they had um very very uh good writers behind them right. too. You had like classic yeah. science fiction writers actually writing these episodes. Because it's born out of Gene Roddenberry that show was groundbreaking, mm-hmm. the original series. Now, mm-hmm. granted, the original series also had a lot of sexism in it and, and right, stuff sure. like that, which they've worked to it, try to get around. It was a product of the time. It was a product in, of the time, but it also had, as we've talked about, like like the first uh, black woman in a position of power. She was a lieutenant. Right. I mean, right. like mm-hmm. the, the classic story, Dr. King told mm-hmm. her, you got to right. do this show. And mm-hmm. if you ever get the- um, First interracial the kiss. Yep. yep the box set of um, the Star Trek, the original series. There's all these great um, behind the scenes and uh, extras on every single disc and it gets into that. And uh, But the race amazing. episode, remember the race yeah. episode where you had this alien race and one side, the, the, the right side of their face was black and their left mm. side was white. And then yeah. the other side with the right side was white and the other side was black and they hated each yeah. other. With the Riddler. Yeah. That's <laughs> Frank Gorshin. Right, right? Frank Gorshin. Yeah. But it was like, that was such an amazing episode mm-hmm. that was made in the middle of the civil rights era. Right. And yeah. God, we could really use that now. And it was yeah. such great commentary on race, how ridiculous it is. In one of the interviews, they, they said, it's like, oh, we get what you're doing. You're doing little morality plays yeah. in the cover of science fiction. And that was always the basis of each episode. It's the, mm. There was the Vietnam episode. Where there was this little planet of of like tribal people and the Klingons and the Federation 
were funding two diff- warring tribes. So the huh. Federation and the Klingon were battling each other. And Gene Roddenberry... They're providing much, weapons. Providing weapons for each other. Very much told... He said, this is the Vietnam episode. The mm-hmm. Soviet Union is funding North Vietnam. We're funding the South. Mm-hmm. And he goes, that kind of stuff is, is groundbreaking. The next uh. generation has so many really smart episodes. Yeah. And even the, 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 the movies. So you've got... Okay, so not all of the movies are great, right? So the, uh, the joke is the odd ones and the good right. ones. Right. But the, four... That's a movie about environmentalism. We destroyed the whales, and we had yeah. to go get them to save the planet. This yeah. is always just and it was like, probably the funniest one, too. Right. Yeah. And it had a lot of great social commentary on right. our current society and the problems with it. So and I, I it, actually, I'm going to be a little more generous here. And uh, I actually, <laughs> I was going to this movie thinking, I am not going to like this movie. I didn't really like the second one. I thought the first one was okay. These trailers look awful. And I'm going to give this movie a little bit of credit. I think it was a step in the right direction. And one of the things that I liked was the way it opened was um, James Kirk philosophizing. Am I saying that right? Philosophizing. (laughs) Um, What it meant to be out there and what it meant to be on a journey that may have no end and what's the purpose and all those things. I'm like, oh, that's a really cool setup. And you can go stir crazy. Yeah, and that's a really cool setup. And it also... It's a kind of jokes about like, oh, I just always felt episodic, like episodic TV, you know, right. uh, got it. Yeah. Um, but then nothing was ever done. With it. <laughs> like, then we turned into like, okay, well, now the rest is an action movie. And I thought the best moments of that, of the movie were when the action was toned down. And, you know, Justin Lin's not a bad director. He, he's one of those directors, too, that got kind of caught up in this big Hollywood money. You're going to be doing Fast and the Furious and all that stuff. But if you look at his first initial movie, uh, I think it was Better Luck Tomorrow. It was a really mm. cool kind of indie movie. And that's kind of what put him on the map. And then, you know, they threw him into all these other big budget things. But he can direct actors. He can direct characters. And Simon Pegg um, really took a great shot at the writing. And it was, it, it was uh, I really feel like this was a definitely step in the right direction, but it was a small step. In, in the, as far as the franchise goes, it, it still way too many things blew up. <laughs> yeah, did the Enterprise like, yeah. survive the yeah, movie? Yeah, no, of course not. Oh, God, That's in the opening of the film. Um, <sighs> but you know, I'm like, okay, I you know, stop. I mean, it's almost like you get numb when you see so many things blow up right. and explode. I'm like, I don't. I, I, I stop showing me computerized explosions. I, I've seen it. I've seen. I don't need to see it anymore. And I especially don't need to see it in a Star Trek movie. Right. Um, so I really felt like there was so much um, fertile ground that they could have explored, and they started to explore, and then it was just abandoned for, like, uh, you know, action and, mm-hmm. um, and quippy lines. But uh, I thought it was really a nice step in the right direction. I will say this. It was the most coherent as a film mm-hmm. of all three films, by far. It was definitely, there was more of a beginning, a middle, and end. There was a, uh, uh, an attempt at a story. Uh, it wasn't like just random things just showing up like and just random plot holes and points. And I felt like... So, Juan, uh, you haven't seen it. I, no. I, I haven't seen it. Um, you, you know, I mean, with Comic-Con, it was, you know, it, all planning goes to, to make right, sure exactly. that Comic-Con goes on. So, you know, there's a... Like, I haven't seen a movie in a couple months because it's all, it's all about, about Comic-Con. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I kept hearing all these things. Um, 
My question is, uh, you know, they said that it's basically a eulogy to both, you know, Spock, um, but also we just had uh, um, um, Anton Yeltsin, Yelchin die. Yes. You know, um, and that it was kind of like an homage to him also. They said they're not going to recast the character. So, like, well, what... I don't know if there was a homage to him. They really didn't do anything to... Okay, yeah, that was the question. Him. People people yeah. were saying, like, oh, yeah, no, it's it's an homage to him also and stuff no, like that. I was no, like... No, no, that's, that's projection. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but there is, a, uh, there is a eulogy to Spock it for sure mm-hmm. but the problem is it just feels so tacked on like it was it was cool in a um kind of like a nostalgic feel to it mm-hmm. but it was like it was oh, I, I don't know it's uh, like i will say like it for fast and the furious the paul walker one really felt it didn't feel tacked on it really felt like organic to what they were trying to do and um, to the rest of the cast. This one was like, well, we're going to kind of do this. I mean... It might have just, they didn't have the time. They yeah, had more time in Fast and Furious to do that. For sure. But it was like, it was like, oh, it was okay. It just felt a little tacked on, but it was, uh, um, it's an okay scene. I, yeah, I mean, we'll get we'll get into the spoiler up. I, I, had, I had fun at the movie. I had fun right. watching it. Mm-hmm. I watched it in 3D at the, at the Chinese theater, which it doesn't... Oh, well, it must have been crazy with all that stuff coming out of the screen, like the action. And a stuff. little bit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. A, I was expecting waiting a little more. The oh, okay. the closing credit sequence is all digital 3D, and that was really cool. And I was mm-hmm. like, maybe they should have made the whole movie like that. Right. Um. So I don't know that you need to see this in 3D. But and the thing that it's been that's sort of noticing online is like people that aren't diehard Star Trek fans are like, that was awesome. Right. If you don't have the history of knowing mm-hmm. the characters and all those things, if you're a diehard fan, you're a right. little more critical of. Like I had fun at the movie, but I I felt the same way. Like these these things that were interesting were introduced, and then yep. sort of that was that. Yep. You just sort of moved on from them, and I just I I, I really wish they would get into um like a. Mm-hmm. I just want more social commentary. That's yeah. what those. That's like what a little, that, right. well, but, a little but that's not to. that doesn't sell. That's not a tempo film, you know. It's right, like, exactly. You know this philosophical, I you know, journey. I disagree. I think, I think yes, you're correct. That's what the marketing department is saying, and the yes, studio executives right, are right. saying. But um, imagine, imagine if this movie would have had some real serious race issues mm. coming out today. We are in the we. It's there's there's a serious. This country is really racist. It's violent. You're seeing all the. You I mean, mean yeah. I mean, it's like you we're in a so sure. we're in a troubled time right now. And had this movie addressed it, it would have been like wow. You can have social commentary in tentpole movies. It's Absolutely, just, I will say though, it's um, it's not as prevalent. For much, I mean, I'm like sure it been, scares it scares the executives away. Right, exactly, yeah. especially. Well, we're putting you know 100, 200 million dollars in this. We can't make it too political, right? You know, there's but always it's that like, note. But, but like you, Civil War, I mean, had some social commentary in it. But was it a ton? There was some more action. I, I mean, I, it was, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a missed opportunity, based especially on the history of the show and the yeah, yeah the the yeah. actual as they would say the IP of Star Trek. Well, there's there's yeah. there's yeah. the um there's the other Star Trek. What was it? Six Undiscovered Country. So that sh- that that was the one where they're bat like they were trying to admit the Klingons into the Federation, right? And there's the great scene where that commander. Um, and I forget the actor's name who played, who was actually in To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, I'm going to pull this up right now. Um, David Warner? Um, no. Gregory Peck? Uh, no. The black guy. <laughs> yeah, Gregory Peck. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been an amazing uh, movie. <laughs> 
So where ah, class is driving me crazy. Um, so was this film, you know, like, so it wasn't a Star Trek film. It's like, so if you judge it on Star Trek's merits, it's not very good. You know but what? if it's just a space opera, like, is it? It was basically the the trailer sold most of the movie as to what it was. It was like a bunch of pretty people fighting in space. Sure. Uh, but I will say, though, it was there was because I was expecting no depth. There mm. was a little more depth than I thought. And okay. again, it was one of those things where. Um, you have this interesting setup of these characters and they're questioning themselves, but it just doesn't go anywhere and it never gets explored. It's always in favor of like and, and honestly, know, it's hot the, people fighting. It's the third movie. Why would they be questioning themselves? Like, you know, if you're on a five-year mission, it's not like, you know, the, the in the beginning you said, oh, well, he, he had this whole whole speech about, you know, you go off into space and, you know, well, there's no a, end. It's supposed to take place two and a half years after Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, and... There's a little bit of trivia. Idris Elba actually gave Chris Pine a black eye in the final fight. Oh wow! He actually and, uh, Jayla, the um, the alien girl, is based on Jennifer Lawrence's character in Winter's Bone, J Law, and the release date coincides with the debut of the original series in 1966. Yeah, it's all good actors, and there's decent stuff, and it's entertaining. So, mm-hmm. so the undiscovered country, uh, Brock Peters, is the actor uh, who is in. Um, uh, to Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that's on trial in To Kill a Mockingbird. He plays Admiral Cartwright in Star Trek VI Undiscovered Country. There's this great scene where Kirk has to get over his hatred of the Klingons because they those Klingon bastards, they killed my son, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's talking to Admiral Cartwright, who's a black man saying, the Klingons are the trash of the universe. We can't let him in here. That was such like Gene Roddenberry going... Uh-huh. Hey, let's talk about race. Let's mm-hmm. let's that was, and it was such an amazing scene. And Kirk, you know, he's captured and he's put on. There's that kangaroo court, and they right. play that. And he's trying. Kirk has to overcome his own hatred. Well, it's a anger. great line when Spock is like, "Well, um, Jim, they're dying, you know, because the Klingon race was was right. dying. And he's let them die, right? You know, he was wow. still angry, he's still and, angry, yeah. And in the movie, he comes over. He overcomes his hatred of them. He overcomes his let them die. Mm-hmm. And it's also Star Trek. It's a lot of fun. It's Kirk and yeah, Spock, yeah. Bang, you know, mm-hmm. banging around the universe, blowing, and, and fighting. They're still fighting Klingons. Uh-huh. They're still fighting so Klingons. Happy. But happy. Christopher uh, uh, Plummer plays this awesome. You know, he's got the eye patch that's nailed into his head, and he's just this like grizzled warrior yeah. who's just like, mm-hmm. let's just me and you, Kirk, let's right. go. And it's like, uh-huh. it's it's fun. It's action. It's Star Trek with amazing social commentary. And I feel like this movie is fun. It's right. got good action, but then it just has surface. It just has like the cute aspects of Star mm. Trek and doesn't right. get into the and meat of it. Every character too is like, well, that's Kirk. This is Kirk Light. This is Spock Light. This is mm. like, uh, you know, McCoy Light. Although mm. they, you know, I'll, I'll say Zachary Kinto, I think you say uh-huh. his last name, uh, does a really nice job as Spock for sure. As far as like getting as close to the characters as you can, you can see a real effort. Whereas. Um, you know, with, with Bones and like, oh, that sounds more like Simon Pegg than, you mm. know, McCoy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, the quippy jokes. I'm like, I, I can do a little better than that. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was definitely um, more stuff that could have been explored. So I, I have to say I was pleasantly surprised because I had such low expectations in this film. Mm. Um, but it was a step in the right direction. But as far as it being part of the Star Trek franchise and start, part of the Star Trek IP, there's still a long way to go if you're going to make another one. But it's a step in the right direction. Well, they, they said as soon that the, as they got rid of those two dumb 
you know, Transformers writers, all of a sudden things started to, oh, mm. oh this is actually coherent now. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they did say that the, the next film is going to have um, Chris Hemsworth in it. So obviously there's going to be more time travel involved. Because uh, he was he was he was the dad from um, he was his dad in in, in the the first movie. Oh, that he, yeah, right. he was in that scene for like three seconds. Right. But yeah, so now they're going to bring him back somehow. So well, now it's going to be you know father and son for time travel or alternate dimensions yeah. for sure. Yeah. So all right, so we'll get more into it in the spoiler app for sure. All right, we got a good sponsor this week. We do Touch of Modern oh, back again. All sorts of really good stuff. Now you guys probably already bought stuff for Father's Day. Now we're in. To the end of July, there is some great stuff. Uh, I did buy some beach stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, last time I was uh, checking out the site. Speaking of beach stuff, they have now. This is the coolest thing that I've seen: fashionable wetsuits. Really? So, like wetsuit tops or whatever. Like I was just surfing this morning, and I just have it's just long sleeve shirt top, basically. That's like a mm. two millimeter wetsuit material. Is it still considered a rash guard, or is it? Uh... That's a that's considered like a wet, wetsuit top. A rash guard doesn't insulate you. I see. A wetsuit mm. technically is supposed to keep you warm. Mm. Um, so they have these fashionable wetsuits, and some of them look like cardigan sweaters, and tank tops, and <laughs> oh, izods, great. and they're hilarious, but they're really cool. <laughs> they're looking. actual wetsuits. They're actually wetsuits that look, of course, they're from probably a French company from St. Jack. That's got to be the French one. The, the wetsuit is too ugly. Like, <laughs> 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 they get so they got cool stuff like that. They, you must look good when you wipe out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they've got oh, they got a really cool wireless charging station for all of your uh, iPhones and stuff mm-hmm. like that or whatever. So that's there's some great artwork, some really yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, uh, minimalist state posters, which is cool. Uh, like New York, they just have an apple on it. California just has a bear. Um, there's some really cool artwork. There's uh, oh, these unbreakable sunglasses. Yes. That are like twistable. Uh, it's it's really cool. Vic, and of course, a nice hunting. Do they have knife. a survival knife they there? They have a survival <laughs> knife, Chris. As, as, as they always do. Always do. They have a um, eliminate the odors of your shoes. You put your stinky gym shoes in this uh, thing called the Stink Boss. Nice. It's <laughs> odors. And there's new sales uh, launching every day. Touch of Modern is the one website to discover really cool things in a single click. And what's really great is there's no fee to sign up. You can uh, just check it out uh, for free. There's no um, there's no membership fees, and you get really great pricing, and the stuff ships right to your door. And it's really it's one of those stores too that like I remember Neil telling me he's like, well, I didn't know I needed that until I saw it. Right. And then oh yes, I need that. Hmm. Well, they they've started a new thing too called uh, reward dollars. So you earn five percent uh, reward dollars on every purchase from Touch of Modern, and they're free and they're automatic. There's no additional sign up. Um, so basically, the more stuff you buy, then the more you earn. So it's a really cool reward uh, program. So if there's cool stuff on here you want to get, uh, go for it. So touchofmodern.com, check it out. And remember, uh, if you see something you like, you got to get it because in a couple days it may not be there. Yeah, like the sustainable uh, solar light. The, the, actually, a day later it may not be there. It might not be there. <laughs> solar puff light. <laughs> just, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so you take it out like on, outside for a barbecue or camping trip. How about that? God, nice. they, got a lot of, they got a lot of environmentally friendly stuff on this site. I dig it. Right. Okay, so now let's get back to Comic-Con. Um, oh, yeah. We were talking about a lot of the trailers. You know, as right. now, mm. Hall H... Is where you know you see the big trailers, but now what's great now is you don't have to wait. As soon as it premieres at Hall H, it's pretty much online right. almost immediately. Yeah. 
But it would be cool to watch it at Hall H and play yeah, everybody. Like, yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, except that you know everything you have to go through to get into Hall H. You know, there's this huge line that you have to be in, you and then wait in line like a day before, right? You, you, yeah, I'm so torn about the trailer thing because, like, I'm glad the first like I didn't watch any Force Awakens trailers until I saw it on the big screen because I wanted mm. that experience. Yeah, and some of these trailers I've just watched and they look cool, but there's a part of me that's like. Oh man, I wish I would have seen that on the big screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's get into it. First one is is Kong Skull Island. Now mm. this is the one I was also very skeptical about, and it ended up being my favorite trailer of Comic Con. Huh. Uh, okay. I really, really liked it. It was it just felt like old school filmmaking to me. It was uh, going on like King Kong was. You know, it's like a bunch of explorers go onto an island, and like who knows what we're gonna find? And oh, we're getting murdered by these giant monsters. Uh, and it, it kind of um, puts it in, like, modern times, because you also have um, some great big, like, big-name people are in this, too. You have uh, John Goodman. It, exa- when when he what? came on screen, I was like, what? Yeah, John Goodman. And also, some weird special effect. He looks younger now than he has in, like, really? 20 like years. He's lost all this weight yeah, and stuff. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Um, Loki is in it. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing that's cool, and then you've got Jordan uh, Vote Roberts, uh, is the director. He's done a lot of TV, but he also did The Kings of Summer, um, which came out in 2013. So he's done a lot of TV, but he hasn't done a lot of like big budget. Oh, so like this is his first one. This is his first like. <laughs> oh, interesting. God, bit- how do you how do you jump from Kings of Summer to a, a giant tentpole? King Kong movie. You know, it's 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 his I'm, dad runs the studio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's done funnier. Like he's done, uh, you know, a lot of online stuff. Which mm-hmm. which I don't know how he got this gig, but I'm I it, I think it's cool. The trailer they, looks good. The trailer looks good. That they mm-hmm. that they are giving, um, a, a, a you know an, a a small budget director a shot at this big budget film because right. I, I agree the trailer does look really cool. Um. My fear is it's produced by the people that did Godzilla. Oh, so yeah. on its own accord, the trailer you barely see King Kong. That's what the trailer should be, right? But if it pulls a Godzilla, yeah. and it's a two-hour movie, uh, and there's only can't. sixty-three yeah, seconds of Godzilla. You can't. Skull Island's got like dinosaurs, King Kong, yeah. giant spiders. You got to see all that stuff. It, in it, I'll be disappointed too if that happens because that was the biggest problem. Yeah, with that. I don't see that happening. I think they, they they probably took the criticism of the first one. They're like, mm, we should probably put more Kong in it, right. you yeah. know. And if we're gonna pr- basically make Monster Island, we, we're gonna have to probably show the monsters yeah, yeah. and uh, although a question i have is this a reboot or or what is does this you know is this a, a associated with peter jackson's king kong at I, all no, no so this not. is I, is this the first king um uh kong then in a new series yeah i think it it's definitely just, looks that way because it's definitely put in modern times yeah, it's talked about it it's, it's an action adventure story sort uh, centered on king kong's origins the trailer to me looks like it's a brand new origin story of right. kong and it's the coolest like like Samuel Jackson in the trailer. It's definitely not set in the 30s. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like they're all in this helicopter and they got a camera crew and they're going to the island and all of a sudden, oh, somebody throws a palm tree right. into, into the helicopter. That, yeah, that was, that was cool. awesome. Mm-hmm. And then Samuel Jackson has a gun on John Goodman going, tell me everything I'm, you, I don't know or whatever, however that right. line is. And it's like, yeah. or I'm going to blow your head off. I'm going to blow your head off. So it's like, and John Goodman has some kind of line that's like, there's monsters out there. Yeah. You don't want to know about it or whatever. So it's like, I feel like, and then the quick scene with the, the close-up with the cra- crazy tribe. Mm-hmm. 
I'm 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 excited. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 there was a guy who who was like on a triceratops skull and yeah. he had a yeah. gun out. Uh, I was like, like that is a yeah. awesome visual. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm excited too, but I do have I do have reservations. Yeah, right. I, I understand. I have Godzilla mm-hmm. reservations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Then now the Justice League. Now the Justice League. Movie. Okay. All right, Juan, you go first. Yeah, go you had such a palpable reaction. Uh, okay. Well, uh, it's just it, like. Sh- all right, so so Batman is in this trailer and he's recruiting everybody. That is the furthest thing from what Batman would do, <laughs> I, <know>. I think, <laughs> ever. Uh, when I, at the end of Batman versus Superman, he's like, "Hey, I think we should get a team together." I was like, yeah. "No, you're the one who's always saying I need to be alone. Right. I work better alone." No, and and he's gathering everybody together and he's making jokes and quippy about it. Yeah, he reluctantly even joins the Justice League. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and only because he has to. Right, and and we've got him going through, and uh, I, honestly, mm. these movies will not get any better until Zack Snyder and his wife are gone. That's, yes, that's and all, David that's Goyer, and David happen. Goyer. You know, um, it, it, David Goyer has famously said that um, he doesn't believe that someone can say the words "Martian Manhunter" with a straight face. Now, why would you have someone like that in charge of your franchise? There is zero love coming from them, and it shows right. in their movies. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah. Um, it, it it just it it's disappointing that you know DC is you know locked in with with Snyder and Goyer. Um, I, I I I'm hoping for the day that Jeff Johns gets to take over. Oh, that happened. I, I had said that a couple of uh, uh, like a, a couple months ago. And an article came out where they're putting him in charge, him and like somebody else of like the studios that's supposed to make these movies. Now it's, it's a same, large ship to correct yeah. for sure, right? But but yeah, that should have happened ten years ago. Chris Terrio, who wrote Argo, uh, is the writer of this, but he also wrote uh, Batman versus Superman. So it's hard, <laughs> it's hard yeah. to say. Now here here's the thing that's um, that is. Um, interesting is you see everything you know all these they're putting the team together uh, everything looks like a pale imitation of the Marvel movies it's like we're trying to catch right. up to the Marvel movies and we're, go- we're going about it in a haphazard random way and we're not being true to the characters and also even like the the production even looked cheaper in a way. Like when you saw them walking around with their costumes and these this dark lighting and stuff, that was one thing. The Marvel movies are always brighter. You can see yeah. everything. But like, and that was like, oh, we got to go darker for this. And But now I can't see anything. And now what I am seeing looks cheesy and cheap. And, yeah, I, I uh, think the, the DC uh, cinematic universe is the, the asylum version of the Marvel universe. <laughs> <laughs> you know? that, that's, uh, I think you're right. <laughs> and I, I think too, like you always hear like these buzzwords from the studios and like from, and the press releases like, well, we're here at Warner brothers. We're a filmmaker driven studio. And mm. first of all, a, that doesn't exist. No, there is no filmmaker driven studio. Yeah. There is a profit driven studio mm-hmm. and that is it. Yeah. So, um, it's always the, like you know, we let the filmmakers do what they want. No, you don't, and you're also picking the wrong ones. So, yeah. so everything about that statement is wrong. You're not fooling anyone. So, I really think that it just needs a course correction. I think Jeff Johns is the person to do it. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, also when you look at how good the animated ones have been out of the Warner Brothers Studios. So, well, well they have been up, up until lately. Yeah. Yeah. So, we can, well, we can there are hidden myths for sure. But yeah, yeah we'll get into that. Uh, so I, I saw this Justice League movie, and the only thing I was thinking, well, it looks a little better than Batman vs Superman, and clearly 
It's like, I don't know who they're fooling saying that Superman's not going to be in there. Like, Superman's not in the trailer, but who thinks that he's not going to be in that movie? Right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. We're talking about the Justice League here, yeah, you yeah. know? It's like, is there anyone watching the movie when Superman shows up and goes, oh, I thought he was dead. What, right? what? what a surprise. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so surprised. Huh? This is great. Yeah. <laughs> So let's now, staying in the DC universe, let's go to mm-hmm. Wonder Woman because yes. this trailer actually looked kind of cool to me. It looks amazing. And I, Patty Jenkins, who directed Monster, yes. uh, she's doing this. And this Really makes, picking a female director? That's weird. Wow. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they that's, can direct it. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's such an odd choice for a Wonder yeah. Woman movie. And so uh, that gives me like, it feels like it's in a very capable director's hands. Yes. Um, and I love that trailer, by the way. The trailer's I thought, I thought as all the DC live action movies, <gasps> I was the most excited about that one. Yeah. And I think, I think too, it's like, that was the trailer where I went, oh, actually, maybe Gail Godot is Wonder Woman. Because I haven't right. bought it up until now. Right. right. Yeah. Because you haven't really seen her as Wonder Woman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's just like, you know, like, uh, you have this vision You've of- You've seen her wear a costume and walk right. around a party. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and hold a shield, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean- w- when you think of Wonder Woman, I think of a taller, more muscular woman. Sure. You know, someone who's taller than both Superman who, and Batman. Who maybe came from a planet of Amazons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe. You know. I mean, a planet. Yeah. An island. <laughs> an island. Um, I was thinking of when you said planet you know, before. <laughs> um, but, but one of the things I absolutely loved in that trailer was that first moment of the lasso. Yes. I was like, yes, mm-hmm. because it was glowing. It was gold. It was, it was, it was, cool. it, yeah. was it was amazing. It's also, it's also uh, one of the writers is uh, Jeff Johns, who wrote the Flash TV series. He wrote the Batman Arkham Knight video game. He wrote Arrow. Yeah, uh, and he's, he's going to be in charge of the studio now. Yeah, yeah he, mm-hmm. gets, he gets this. He gets this. He, loves, he loves this. Yeah, Not he, that he gets he, he loves well, it. He loves it. He's excited to do this. And I think... Um, the smartest thing Warner Brothers and DC ever did was hire him as an executive. Yeah. yeah. Now let him do his job. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, that meant that he, you know, he does less and less comic books. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, we all know how the DC universe is happening. Um, but, you know, it, it's... I believe he will definitely be the one who will be able to write the ship. Fortunately, it will be, you know, this movie's already done, so he had nothing to do with it. I'm sure Flash and stuff like that, that's already, you know, kind of out of his hands. But once he's able to then start a movie fresh, right? you know, because like um, Ghost Rider is technically the first Marvel movie, but they had nothing to do with it. They just released it at the end. And then Iron Man was their first, first movie. So it's just like that, um, you know, we're going to get shitty movies under Jeff John's name because they were already in the pipeline. Right. But once he's able to take over from the very beginning, then we're going to start seeing some right. some amazing things coming out of that studio. Yeah, I, I, I'm... I'm- like I don't even know if I want to see Justice League, but Wonder Woman I want to see. Yeah, I want to yeah. see Wonder Woman, and I I want to see Suicide Squad. We saw a new yeah. trailer for uh-huh. Suicide Squad. I'm excited about this movie too. I hope we're not duped. <laughs> I'm hoping <laughs> yeah. it looks good. But you know, even if you look at all these DC movies as a whole, it's like uh, it's still the wrong direction. We're trying to play catch up with Marvel. Well, yeah. no, you don't have to play catch up with. That's Marvel. the thing. That I think do, make your do your own thing. That's you know? what. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. I feel like. Wonder Woman. I feel like this is its own thing. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's this, the, these writers and this director went. Let's make our own cool Wonder Woman movie. Right. Yeah. And said in World War One, right, yeah. which is interesting. And and too. and and, mm-hmm. and you know, let's say that that uh, when Joss Whedon was going to do Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. um, he was going to set it in World War One, and right. Warner Brothers was like, No, nobody wants to see a superhero. Set in World War or World War Two, like that's right. stupid. Yeah. Meanwhile, Captain America had just right, come out. Exactly. <laughs> so you know, and now they're like, you know, they they kick him off the project, and right. then they're like, oh well, may, maybe we should put it in World War Two. Yeah. yeah, I, I hmm. think. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm ex- I'm excited for this film. All right, 
Yeah, me too. Uh, next one, Doctor Strange. Finally got a full trailer for Doctor oh, Strange. Oh, that looks so good. It does, it does look good. So good. Yeah. And you just see the difference between like what Marvel's doing and what DC is doing. It's yeah. just I'm, now I'm more excited about this. Uh, yeah. So, uh, well, you, there's no you. First of all, because now Marvel has proven themselves, you you also it, there's this just like brand recognition where you go, oh well, it's Marvel, so yeah, they, yeah, exactly. they won't fuck it up. You yeah, know, like, Master yeah. of the Mystic Arts. I'm sure, yeah, I'm down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah this is more. Yeah. At, at some point, they'll ruin it, but not yet. Re- so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I even rewatched like the Hulk and some of the uh, ones. Like we started. I, I'll tell you, it's a great thing to do if you get the Blu-rays. Just watch them in order mm. from start to finish. Start with Iron Man, and you know, go through them. Like Hulk, I remember Jackie Cation telling me this again. You know, it's not as bad as you think right. it is. I watched it again. You know what? If you watch it in order, almost like you're watching like a mini series of all these movies, it's not as horrible. Mm-hmm as you think and then uh it's still not great don't get me wrong Uh, but it's not as bad as i remember seeing it in the movie theater so uh i really love the way everything's interconnected and i'd like to see how dr strange is going to fit in with the larger marvel universe yeah because i love what they're also doing on netflix it's like these darker grittier heroes are on netflix they're all gonna come together in the defender series but It's still the same universe. It's not like, well, we have one Daredevil in on Netflix and one Daredevil in the right. movie. It's like this dumb thing DC is doing. Now right. we've got a TV Flash and a movie Flash. Yeah. An insanely popular movie, TV Flash. I know. It's like these guys are amazing. Like yeah. the, these shows, like Supergirl, um, they're all yeah. good and they're all well put together. Arrow and uh, and, uh, uh, and Flash. Why not have them in the movies, yeah, and and the reason those those shows are so good is because the people who work on them, uh, Mark Guggenheim, Greg yes. Berlanti, yeah, 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 yeah. they love comic books, and they're comic book writers. They're I mean, comic book writers. They came they creators, up writing. Yeah, they, they came up reading, loving this stuff, yeah. and they're giving us what what we. I don't want. know how Mark has the time to do everything. I mean, he's even working on like a Rocketeer right. comic series, <laughs> and like oh! he's doing all these th- t- comic. Uh, like limited uh, series, it's like, oh my god, how you, you know, I know you have two kids too, but I, this, he, he loves it, right? <laughs> yeah, when you love it, right. working on multiple shows, and he's like, he says he literally has no time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he goes from one show to the other, and, but uh, but that's the thing, you you get actual comic book creators working on these things who have a love of the material, yeah, and that's true for any film, any get and some, every get, film, yeah, get someone who has a love for the material. Sam Raimi loved Spider Man, mm-hmm. that's why the first two Spider Mans were fantastic, and and the second one is a near masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. So the next one is Blair Witch. Now I will give everyone a preview. When we were to did the. Uh, um, Comic Con episode in the hotel room after midnight with uh, Rick and uh, um, Eric. Eric was talking about this movie, The Woods, and he was like, "Yeah, it's kind of a Blair Witch movie." Sure enough, the day later at Comic Con, they renamed it Blair Witch. Really? That's the one he was talking about. Wow. He's like that he was excited to see. Um, so Blair Witch, I saw the trailer for this. This it, it's a weird thing. It looks kind of like one of those Mad Max kind of remakes where it's kind of a sequel, kind of a remake. Well, we're not really starting from the beginning, but we're starting kind of, we're going to have a lot of the same set pieces. So um, I'm not exactly sure from the trailer if this is like, no, this is a sequel. No, this is a remake. It's in that weird middle ground. I guess we'll find out when when we get the character names, whether it's those, if it's the same character names, then yes, it's a remake. If it's not, then it's a continuation. Someone like, uh, they went and they're like, well, my sister went missing now, or uh, now I'm going to go find, or it's like a sibling or sister or brother. Now I'm going to go find them. And then, you know, then the Blair Witch. It's uh, Adam Wingard, the same director of The Guest, which was a really cool movie that we all like. He's a great horror mm-hmm. director. So he, I, mm-hmm. that could be, that could be cool. My one complaint with the original uh, Blair Witch, 
was, I mean, it was a phenomenon that was the first found footage right, thing exactly. was great, but it was like, you never saw the witch. The, the, the thing I've said right. a million times, it was like, if you went to a Jaws movie and you saw the fin and they heard the music, dun, 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 dun. And then the shark never jumped out of the water. Right. You, know, you never yeah. saw it. Yeah. You just yeah. saw the fin and the music. Well, the, I mean, a lot of, if you remember when Blair Witch came out, it was this huge yeah. phenomenon. When it hit the theaters, everyone went to see it, but a lot of people hated it. Right. It was one of those movies where, like, oh, yeah. I want to see what all the fuss is about. I'm like, ah, I couldn't see anything. I hated this movie. Yeah. And that's why the sequel died. So, right. like, you know, yeah. art, it, it bankrupted Artisan. Uh, oh, they, wow. They, they put all this movie into the sequel, but so many people saw the first one but didn't like it. Yeah. No one went to see the sequel. Yeah, so. and they, then they also took a, they uh, lost a lot of the money that they stole from the original filmmakers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. A lot of stuff happened there. Hmm. Boy, that was like, boy, they don't know how to manage money at all. Yeah. <laughs> They're horrible. Even They're not stolen even... <laughs> money they, they can't handle. <laughs> so uh, so I, I will say that the trailer, I, I am intrigued. I'm hoping it's not a like com- a complete remake. I hope it does some interesting things. Right. And uh, so we will see. Although, I mean, it's it's difficult to catch. I mean, it was such a lightning in a bottle at the time. It's really tough. You so, have to do something different with it. So, yeah. And the trailer I'm seeing, there wasn't really anything crazy different. It does look scary and mm-hmm. interesting but I, i'm hoping they're holding some stuff back like no this is really what's what's going to happen which would be really cool yeah. so okay uh, i ran into steel saunders at Comic-Con. hey nice uh, i was literally walking across the street and i hear chris and steel you know he's got his uh his zoom so um there will be an episode that i'm on of steel wars po- the steel wars podcast coming up uh us talking and at a corner walking through the streets of comic-con myself and my children are on the episode hmm. and we all get attacked by a june bug and we hear us all yell <laughs> <laughs> now is this your kid's first appearance on a podcast it is not oh, uh, okay. my daughter shows up here for spoiler apps every once in a while i think it's my son's first uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Never been on the no show. no so it's the, it was definitely his first one and i said are these the first kids on the podcast And he's like no i've had kids on before huh? are these the first american kids on your podcast he said yes ah well there you go <laughs> <laughs> That's the coolest part about Comic Con. I ran into. Isn't it great? You just run into mm-hmm. two hundred thousand people down there, yeah. Yeah. and like, I saw a buddy of mine, uh, uh, John Schrader, and it's easy to run into him because he's almost seven feet tall. But I was like, <laughs> Johnny, what's up? So I saw him, and then uh, I ran into. And he was in costume. He was right? in costume. Was <laughs> a swamp thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was Groot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, who listens to so Gigi? Who listens to the show? I ran into her, uh, so that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's and some fans came to the panel, which was really yeah. cool. Yeah, uh, so it was it was really fun, and that's one of the reasons that we, um, we we haven't been on the comics on comics panel is because it happens the same time as the Kung Fu yeah. movie extravaganza every, every year, yeah. every exact same time, <laughs> every year. I mean, I guess the, what I'm going to have to do is uh, uh, find whoever's doing your podcast and then kill him, take his power, <laughs> you know, and then you guys can come back on my show. <laughs> so um, now one of the things we talked about last week that I actually looked up was um, the new birth, birth of, of a nation, the new birth of a nation movie. And I was wondering like why they had um, the filmmaker had chosen that title. There had to be a specific reason, and turns out, uh, thanks to the internet, there was. Okay. And this is the answer. I want to actually read his statement because I think it's important. Um, the 2016 film uses the same title as the title of D.W. Griffith, Griffith's 1915 KKK propaganda film in a very purposeful way, Nate Parker told The Hollywood Reporter. He said his film had the same title, ironically, but very much by design. And he told Filmmaker Magazine, Griffith's film relied heavily on racist propaganda to evoke fear and desperation as a tool to solidify white supremacy as the lifeblood of American sustenance. 
Not only did this film motivate the massive resurgence of the terror group the Ku Klux Klan and the carnage exacted against people of African descent, it served as the foundation of the film industry we know today. I've reclaimed this title and repurposed it as a tool to challenge racism and white supremacy in America to inspire a riotous disposition toward any and all injustice in this country and abroad and to promote the kind of honest confrontation that will galvanize our society toward healing and sustain systemic change. Now that mm. is a filmmaker with a purpose. Yes. Absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. that's... That, that couldn't be more specific of a reason and, to use yeah. the title. And honestly, yeah. in this, what's happening in America right now, that we need to have this yeah. honest discussion. Yes. There's, yeah. there's a, uh, there's a, uh, a book out, and I've, by a, a guy that plays tight end for the Baltimore Ravens, and I forget the guy's name. Um, but I saw him on the, on the NFL Network, and he's a black guy. And he was said, he goes, we keep talking about the racism and division in this country as that group. We need to fix them, or they mm. need to. And he goes, we need to look at ourselves. He goes, everybody needs to look in the mirror and ask themselves, where am I racist? Mm. Everybody. And then we can start having a discussion. And it's like, I think it's great. I think it's great this filmmaker's doing this. Uh, yes. I think it's great that that's his statement and that's the reason why. And this was independently financed. He raised the money on his own. Oh, a studio didn't give yeah. him money for yeah. this? <laughs> I could have sworn a focus group would have said, mm, yeah. 10, all the way across. That is weird. How many zeros do you want? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> well, no, I mean, uh, absolutely. Oh, wait, I, Sundance? Now we want to yeah. buy it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I, I think that uh, the more we bring this into the light, you know, um, I believe it was, it was, uh, there's a Latin saying, you know, uh, let the heaven, let the truth come out, even though the heavens may fall. Right. Right. And, um, sunlight is the best disinfectant. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, we just, we, you, we, we have to stop hiding this. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to just admit the fact, yes, you know, we're all kind of racist on one level or another. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I believe only humans should run for uh, uh, Miss America, right? Or, or Miss Universe, right? Mm -hmm. Fuck all the other animals. I'm, you know, um, <laughs> But but you know the more we get this out, the more we can we can have the sunlight cleanse it. You know, um, people are are because of social media. People are finding out that other people are super racist. That you know, like all the stuff that happened with with uh, Leslie Jones. You know, oh, like man. like that that was horrible. It, it's it's funny. It's because it's it's what you're talking about. The light is is an interesting way. I was having this conversation with a friend about. Is there more police brutality today than there was? I don't know. I don't think so. I just think everyone's got a camera now. Exactly. It's like what LBJ, those those recordings of LBJ came out in the 60s, and he was like, we need to get uh, cops with fire hoses and German shepherds on TV so the rest of America can see the racism that's happening in the South. Yeah. And I think that's part of what needs to happen is you need to see all of America from wherever you're from needs to see that there's a lot of racism in, uh, uh, on all sides and needs to see. And I think the internet is, you're seeing that like, oh, people aren't that bad to celebrities. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, they are, yeah. especially women ones. Oh, and a black woman got yeah. even more shit? Yeah. Um, like, the, the, the cops aren't that, you know, trigger happy. Yeah, they're shooting unarmed because before... Yeah. And again, I'm not saying oh, all cops are bad, but like that that guy that was the caretaker lying right. on the ground. Yeah. He's on the ground with his hands right. in the air and the cop shoots him in the leg and he goes, "Why did you shoot me?" The cop goes, "I don't know." If there wasn't a camera on that or 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 the guy that was the, the, the girlfriend who had the camera on the boyfriend in in Baton yeah. Rouge, that's that's gut-wrenching, that's heartbreaking, and she 
said, the cop's like, why did he reach for his wallet? And she says, you asked him to. Yeah. You said, why not? That's on camera. If that wasn't on camera, it would have been his word against hers. And it would have been justifiable. So and, hey, he had a gun. Yeah. He had a gun on him. I, oh, no, no. I thought he had a gun. He said he had yeah, a gun. He said he had a gun. He went for his pocket. I had to. Yeah. So now I think we, we got to have this conversation. You know what I mean? And, and. And then also bleeds into the the gun issue too. It it's bleeds, like, well, you know, if police never know who has a gun, or if everyone has guns, or there's all these open carry laws, they're they're more terrified of getting shot. Of course, yeah. And that's that goes. You know, the NRA is like, well, everyone ever, should have a gun. If everyone had a gun, we'd be safer. Well, that there's three hundred. Like, what million, about all those policemen that just got executed? They right. they they were armed. They why were didn't, armed. Why didn't they protect everyone? Yeah, and so mm. that's the other thing. Like, you want to like. We, there's a lot of issues we need to talk about. So in Dallas and Baton Rouge, you had two, one was an army vet, one was a Marine vet. Mm. Mm. Trained by our military, probably having PTSD. Right. And mm. that's why one, the, 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 the Baton Rouge shooting, the guy was, had eight minutes. He wasn't just some wingnut who started shooting and the cops took him out. He was trained, man. You see right. him stepping up behind the- And what if he didn't have a high-powered rifle? What if he could only get a handgun? What if he couldn't uh, get any yeah. gun? What if you're going to get any gun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, it's, it, it, it's like, so everyone, we need to, everyone needs to have this conversation because you're starting to see, I mean, Christ, after, after the, the, the mass killing in Orlando, Bill O'Reilly said, maybe we need to reevaluate gun laws. Now yeah. I, I will give him credit. He's always been for gun control. It's like one of those things that you never see talked right. about on Fox news. He's right. actually, he's for gun control. It's, wow. it's, it's like, and 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 we got to talk about it. You know, we the, yeah. the the marine in Baton Rouge apparently was like either a part of some sort of like black separatist organization and he was like I'm going to go kill cops yeah. and white cops and of course it's but then meant- one of the cops he killed was this black dude who was like right. po- had these posts on Facebook about hey we got to come yeah. together right. and you're just seeing how racism and hatred and violence by anybody no. Is awful. Guns, yeah. mental illness, it all it went into like this oh, giant shit. toxic pool, mm-hmm. and now it's erupting. Yep. So, uh, and, and so it's good to see movies like this to kind of shine a light on everything. We got so, it. You know, That's what, it's what it's what a filmmaker's. It's what an artist should do. Yeah, right. shine light into the darkness, you know, and and disinfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's one thing like my my uncle from Mexico is staying with me for the summer. You're Mexican. Built, and Mexican? Build a what? wall. What? what? Juan Manuel. What? what? I know. Uh, he came. Juan, he came. I am shocked. He jumped. <laughs> he jumped over. You know, he was bringing some strawberries. Uh, <laughs> he was so so one of the he he was watching the news and in in the southern part of Mexico there were all of these. Um, protests happening and he saw that that the police had stopped a bus and they were beating on the bus right these are police officers in uniform in full riot gear attacking this bus full of people and my uncle was like i i didn't get a you don't see this in mexico like you know we have we just hear the some of this stuff is going on but here's an actual video and here's the thing this was like a live video or a video that has just been posted on YouTube. So five minutes after it happened, he was like, "Oh my God, I can right. see what is going on right now." And in Mexico, they don't, they don't. That's not on the news. So because we have cameras everywhere, you know, and the whole world can see, we can go live streaming, and the whole world can see something. Yeah, right. So that is that's, that's that is when, only uh, a good thing. That's where uh, YouTube can actually be really useful. Yes, Twitter. Not sure how still. Yeah, well, uh, you can uh, tweet out a link to the yeah. to YouTube. <laughs> Right. You know. But I mean even but but we're even seeing like in the Ukraine, mm-hmm. in the what was the Arab Spring, mm-hmm. like social media was like bringing down governments. I yeah. mean, so 
part of it is it's it's we we all need because I think a lot of people if you have a nice middle class life in America or in any industrialized country you might be it might be easy for you to go come on that's not right you know what i mean and i'm yeah. not saying those people are all dumb out of touch racist i'm saying yeah. anybody could sit there and go come on anybody of any ethnicity if you were born middle class in america you want it's a winning lottery ticket yeah. i mean literally by, uh, by comparison to the rest of the world and that's and, and i think america for now for now right yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing like people are i think americans are pretty out of touch on a, on all levels yeah we have no idea, like the people on any, who like, you know, these these militia white supremacist groups or even this black separatist group that's like, civil war. I'm like, do you really know what a civil war looks like? Yeah. Do you want this? Do you, you people think like, yeah, we got to fight. Do you, do you really, do you want to not? quote, we got, always got those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah. You know, because, and, and you how much to, of us to really know? Do you, you know. Does anyone in this country, aside from someone that was a soldier stationed somewhere or from a third world country, how many of us know what it's like to like, because here's what a civil war brings. There's no running water. There's intermittent electricity. <laughs> right. Friends and family members Wait, are- there's con- no Wi-Fi? Yeah, there's yeah. no Wi-Fi. There's no, there's no trips to Costco. But I can still have pizza delivered though, right? Oh yeah, pizza's yeah, yeah. still delivered. Okay, well then- yeah, But it's delivered by the rebel army. Oh, yeah. well. Yeah, who might kill and rape your friends and family. Yeah. And it's like, people don't understand. Anyway, we could talk about this forever, so, but hats well, off to this filmmaker. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So what we're saying is, uh, be nice to each other. Yeah, love, love, love and yeah, peace. Be nice to each right. other. Exactly. Don't yeah, be don't a dick. Don't be a dick. It's uh, not hard. So anyway, uh, coming up on DVD Blu-ray, uh, The Boss. This is the um, Melissa McCarthy movie. Mm-hmm. Anybody see it? I did not see it. I didn't see it. Either. Nope. All right. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a lot of people saw it. It didn't do very well. Yeah, Spy did well, but the uh, yeah. boss, I don't mm-hmm. think the boss did. Uh, the Barbershop mm-hmm. 3, the next cut. Now, I saw this on a plane, mm-hmm. and um, I liked the first Barbershop movie a lot. I thought it was really funny. This movie um, has some of the same humor in it, but it's more, it, it starts out again. It's It starts out very much social commentary. The, the filmmakers are from Chicago and yeah. Chicago the last couple of years on the South and West side particularly has really awful gun violence. Mm. Was Ice Cube still involved in these? Yeah. Movies? Yeah. He's yeah. still in it. Um, so it really is about that. It's mm. about the gun violence in this neighborhood and gang violence and how can we bring people together? And, um, you know, in the second one, they merged with, uh, a, a woman's beauty salon, so there's a lot, there's the men and the women and everyone's sort of talking about and joking about issues. Uh, and, and it, you know, for a, for a comedy, it's trying to talk about some stuff. And I'll, mm-hmm. give, I'll give these filmmakers credit, you know, and they mm. felt like there hadn't been one of these movies in a while. And I, they felt sort of compelled because Chicago has gotten really, oh, really right. violent. So it's yeah. it's worth it's worth uh, saying. There've been like you know four or five movies because they also like Beauty Shop is a part of that you know universe, and right. I believe there's a TV show and stuff yeah. like that. So I mean that's that's crazy so, that here's oh, this long brand. Are we gonna have a side story from the barbershop universe? Yeah, pro- have, yeah, probably. Yeah, you know, a little stingers at the end. <laughs> yeah. You know, introduce characters from others. Um, and Criminal is the um, Kevin Costner movie that um, uh, no one saw. Um, <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, and Hardcore Henry is a movie that people have told me is good, but I can't see it just because of the motion sickness issue. Uh, oh, I that's couldn't even, I couldn't even watch the trailer. Yeah, I started getting dizzy just from watching the trailer. Uh, now, I've played first-person shooter games, but this one just went so fast and so mm. quick. It was, I don't know, maybe I could watch it in 60-second 
bursts, but that would take forever. Ah. So, um, Hardcore Henry, if you like first-person shooters and you can handle the vertigo, uh, check it out. I have heard good. Chris Gord loved it. He oh, thought wow. it was fantastic. So, um, Sing Street. Um, this is... John Carney's film. Um, it's kind of like a music breakfast club, like in Ireland, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, this is the guy that did Begin Again and mm-hmm. Once. Uh, so it's it sort of like takes place in the 80s in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Looks interesting. I didn't get a chance to see I it. I saw the trailer. I, I liked, yeah. uh, I liked it. It, was, it had a real nostalgic kind of feel to it, mm-hmm. that 80s feel. Um, I Am Wrath, this trailer made me laugh out loud. This was John Travolta saying, I want it taken. Uh, hmm. And it's 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 so ridiculous. Everyone wants to take it now. Yeah. Everyone wants to take it. And this is John Travolta's. Um, I can't imagine the investors are happy with the performance of this film. Uh, I can't imagine people got their money back on this one. Um, I remember seeing it like on demand like a, a while back, and now it's you know finally coming to DVD and Blu-ray. Um, Good to see but, Rebecca De Mornay's working. But you got it. You got to watch the trailer. It's so funny. It, it it almost looks like a Saturday Night Live sketch of like oh, you a parody know, of, a parody David. of like, David, yeah, like those those movies. So so what 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 got took? what brings his wrath yeah because he is wrath i am i am wrath i have a certain set of wrath skills (laughs) that was my parking spot Mm, it will entertain you uh so uh the site spotlight the fan feedback another uh dose of weekly film news and then uh graham you want to talk about the facebook feedback all right so so this is a facebook feedback from uh roman harrington um and he goes, finally got around to listening to this week's episode, uh, Traveling Much of Last Week. And that was last week's ep- episode 330 he's referring to. One point of order. By the way, well, ni- nice, nicely done. Always start with point of order. Mm-hmm. Point of order? Mm-hmm. He, the- he's, he's respectfully <laughs> yes. uh, pointing disa- something out. Pointing yes. out Very and having polite. a disagreement, which uh, is what this world needs. Mm-hmm. If everybody said point of order, yes. mm-hmm. would we have all the fighting mm-hmm. in this world? No, we Probably wouldn't. not. Point of order, sir. Mm. Um, Robert Putnam, Putnam's work, and he's talking about the, the, the book I referenced called Bowling Alone, focused on the decline of social capital, not diversity. His thesis was that we, as Americans, are less connected with one another because we're not members of social and civic clubs in the same numbers a, as historically. Hence, we are bowling alone because we're not members of bowling leagues. LOL, if this is my only, quote, complaint, uh, close quote, then the show is good. Keep up the good work. <laughs> First of all, fuck off. Right? <laughs> that bullshit. No. No, this was awesome. And and uh, I, I read this this morning um, and was, like, so glad because it's been a while since I've read that book, mm. uh, um, Bowling Alone. And, I'm, and I really appreciate the clarification, and I love that, you know, we're not – MSNBC or Fox, we don't have to have a pro again. That's part of the media's part of the problem right, too. It's right. just, everything's got to be a fight. Everything's yeah. got to be an us versus them. Yeah. And I love that we're on a show that that someone can call us and and say or email us and say, yeah. ah, you were a little off. And and, and he's correct. It is true. Um, the 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 here for the opposing point of view on MSNBC is some guy <laughs> we found in an alley. Yeah, yeah. who's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and we will now yeah. scream for five minutes. Yeah, yes. and we're gonna let their point of view sound <laughs> yes. as though it's ve- it's e- yes. an even yeah. footing. He lives in a box. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the 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 world is flat. People don't shouldn't get an even voice. I don't yeah, care right. what they fucking think. I yeah. don't like. Let's have a discussion between reasonable people. Because here's another thing you'll never hear on traditional media. Oh, good point. Maybe I huh. was wrong. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. think I didn't think yeah. of that. So yeah, I guess I, I I it's been a while since I read the book and um and I was sort of uh 
mixing his message into one of diversity, but it, but it is true. It's, it's, it's w- what that book is about is how we need. So I would make this contention is that, um, if we all started and the contention of the book is, is we don't, if we all started to join more social clubs, we would then, um, well, I mean, here's the thing, we, like we would, we would have, cause part of the, we would be more social, we would be mm. more social, but part of the problem is it's, there's very much this, this we're, we're closed off. We've become so tribal that it's like, I don't, you're different. You, so you're just over there and you're not a person. You're just someone with a completely different point of view and I don't want to deal with you. Whereas if we are in a social group, you know, like this is a great example. We're all nerds. Yeah. We're all, we all love the same things. We all loved Comic-Con and we joked about it, but you just, you being Mexican and us being Italian and Irish is like way down the list. Right, exactly. It's not, you're not the Mexican guest. Right. You know what I mean? You know I mean, you saying? are. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, because we are That's part- not how we put you on the schedule. I, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the jalapenos, by the way. Yeah. I was really, you know- I know you give it to everybody, guests. Yeah. Do you need another Corona? Yeah. Would you like another? See, <laughs> <Si>, Senor. <laughs> so why do you like Speedy Gonzalez? Yeah. What's oh, he's so fast. <laughs> he's so good. But you know what I mean? Like that's that, that's an example of what the book is trying to say, and the point I was trying to make last week, and I'm I incorrectly made, and thank you, Roman, for correcting me. But that goes to the larger issue: is if if everybody does sort of is willing to belong. Like I say this to friends of mine, you know, when, when I made traveled all the war zones, friends of mine that are seriously very liberal. Mm. And I was like, do you know anybody in the military? Do you know anybody that's a conservative? Are, are you willing, right. are you willing to talk to them and hear their point of view? Because that was the thing about me going over there. I'm, I'm this, you know, crazy liberal from California or whatever. And talking to people in the military who come from a different background made me go, oh, I see your point of view. I see your point of view. Um, and, and, and I think that's what we need a little more. It's also okay to say, Hey, let's just agree to disagree. You know, and that's like Chris and I, we've tried to do that on this show. We don't, we don't get into fights with guests when they say Mm -hmm. things like, you know, a hundred shot second. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's fine. I'm I'm glad that you guys accept my point of view on that. Um, and that you're not going to challenge me at all about it. Um, but uh, no. some people are crazy and wrong. Yeah, right. and that's okay, we and accept the differences. Right. Exactly, I know, and I'm glad that you can accept that in yourself. <laughs> um, you know, but but one of the things is is um, oh damn it, I just uh, lost the train of thought. Um, uh, that's why we'll just go on. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll, it'll, it'll pop back. But no, I, we appreciate that fan feedback, Roman, and that's yes. that's the thing. And 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 this is something I would say. We've talked about it on the show. The reason we have this point of we, Chris and I have worked very hard to cultivate a community where we can do that. Yes. Right. And we've gotten some emails. Uh, we got one after the Oscars that really made me mad. Um, the email was a little reactionary. Um, and we've gotten some emails like that where they're. they're but then you, you communicated with the person. I did communicate with the person and I said, stop listening to the show. Your email's infuriating. <laughs> And I'll give this person credit. They said, I'm not going to stop listening to the show because I think it's awesome. And I'm sorry you feel that way. I didn't mean to offend you. And I was like... (laughs) Wow. So she took the high road. She took the high road. Okay. Me, not so much. Um, Still banned. But you can admit that. But I can admit. I can admit. I I was too pissed off Uh um, because it was... Well, we're all human. We're all human. We're going to have emotional reactions sometimes. And certain things are going to be 
super personal. Mm-hmm. Like this issue was brought up was like it was super personal because I was like, you don't know what I and went, the other thing that's what I went through too, growing up. You it, don't know you don't know what I went through, is, so don't don't so, comment on it. Sometimes that happens too, and we don't understand when we have those discussions with people that like you're saying something that you don't understand that the other person is taking it super personal because you're not meaning it to be <laughs> right, the other person. Right. Like the other person may take it super personal, but you have to be aware of that that's maybe how they're reacting. And I, I just, I love that we have created this community where yeah. people can write these things. And, and, and we can and, have yeah. those reactions and then get past them. Right. Get move, move yeah. on and, mm-hmm. and, and go. And uh, learn and grow from them. And learn and know? grow from them. And said, maybe I, I should have read the book better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you know, I should have yeah, thumbed I mean, through it like such an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Graham, you don't read good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if there was a Cliff Notes version, I'm sure you would have been. I don't read not so good. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I think that um, uh, while, while civic, civic groups are kind of cool, right, it's not something that we join anymore, mm-hmm. but we have been able to replace them. You know, right. we, have, we have Facebook, right? We have social media. These are groups that we are joining. Mm-hmm. Um, um, perhaps one of the more diverse groups that I'm in is, um, like, I play Magic, right? The card game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I play Magic. Nerd. With a t- oh, my goodness. <laughs> Mm. Um, you know, and, and I've, I'm playing with a team, right? Mm-hmm. And looking at the roster, it is the most diverse list of names mm-hmm. you'll see. We've got we've got everybody, and you know, from uh, from all over in LA on this team. You know, we had like 20 people on the team, and probably no two or three people. Do you have a bus? Huh? We don't. We, well, the, the metro. Uh, uh, my mom also takes me there. Use your uh, tap card. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, and and I, I think that is great when. You know, when we would all be sitting there and we're all different, mm-hmm. you know, that is that is the best thing. But when whenever I'm in a room and I'm the exact same race as every single one person in there, then it's kind of weird, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I was born and raised in L.A. In the high school I went to, they spoke over 160 languages on campus. Right. Wow. You know, there were – in my graduating class, there were like 2,000 people or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there were uh, – I'm used to always interacting with other other races, mm-hmm. and I remember I was on fi- on a film set once in in uh, Fresno, and I was talking to people who had only gone to school with other white people, and they told me the story about the one Mexican kid who was in class, right? And he had graduated in 2010, so I'm just like, how how yeah. is this? A reality for some people. That is the reality for a lot of people. I learned that because because my high school was 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 very diverse and uh, it was like forty percent minority. Um, See, and, now I grew up in the suburbs. It was uh, mostly white. Mostly white. Yeah. Right, exactly. Suburbs in Pennsylvania. And the yeah. thing I learned. Um, cause like I, it was, I was in the eighties and I, you know, we were listening to rap music and, and all that kind of stuff before it became popular. And, you know, I was on the football team, which was very diverse. Uh, and, and, and then when I graduated and went to college, university of Arizona was primarily white, a little bit Latin, and it was like 3% black, Mm -hmm. literally like the football and the basketball team. And (laughs) and you know what I mean? And, 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 and and a couple other people and, and. Anytime I came in contact with someone that grew up in an all fill in the blank, mm-hmm. their view of of other groups was usually a little off. Yeah. yeah. Because I've had that like, oh, you're you're a white guy, so you must just be right. like I belong to a country club. Right. Everyone's white. I yeah. had a silver spoon and whatever whatever the whatever their vision of. And then I remember too in college 
there was this big apartment party. There was the big apartment complex where there's like ever there's a million parties, right? So you just pop in from party to party. And I was walking with some guys that I met in the dorm. We were freshmen, and they all came from all white towns, right? Hmm. And we're walking by this this party, and I heard all this like house music, this rap music coming out of there. I'm like, oh shit, we got to go to that party. That's what I listened to growing up in junior high and high school. All the all the DJs I learned, I dance. I can't dance to like ACDC and when white people <laughs> dance to that shit. I'm like, I don't know what that is. And I was like, oh, we got to go to that party. And these guys were all like, oh, I'm not going in there. It's all blacks. And I was like, what? Yeah. And and it was like the weirdest thing. And then the black dudes were like, who the fuck are you? And I was like, oh, God damn it. Like, this sucks. Like, yeah. I felt like so caught in the middle of, and I think that's a lot of America. I think... We're 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 very blessed here. You were about to get beat up by mm. either side. Either side, yeah, both sides, really. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you, white boy. Get out of here, race traitor. Like, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I think we're we're sort of we're 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 lucky and and in Los Angeles, especially in show business, because show business is, yeah. is everybody. Yeah. You know, I mean. My acting class when I first moved here, uh, com- I've done comedy. I've met a million comics of a million different yes. backgrounds. And I think we sort of, which is great and, and opens our view of the world, but also sometimes it, it, it can make us a little naive to the rest of the country. Y- yeah. Having traveled around and done shows in real small towns and seen like, mm-hmm. none of this racism surprises me, having yeah. traveled this country for the last 25 years. None of it. Yeah. None of it. This isn't like, where'd this come from? Obama? Uh-uh. No, this has been here. I've seen the Klan out there. I've seen the Confederate flags. I've yeah. I've seen that shit, man. I've, yeah. I've seen all the bumper stickers. I'll tell you, did you see the First Lady speech last night? Mm-mm. There were some really moving parts in it. One of them uh, was that... Uh, she was saying, and she she was really getting choked up. And we have made a lot of progress, too. Despite That's true. We have. We need to acknowledge the progress. A- absolutely. Uh, she said, you know, the White House, it was built by slaves. And now I can watch my daughters play on the lawn. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was one of the greatest moments in the speech. Yeah. So we've definitely made progress. we got a long way to go, but we have made progress. Now, now Ms. Trump said this, right? Yeah. Ms. Trump? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was great. Well, no, she's going to say that next week. When she takes <laughs> yeah. Michelle's speech again. So, all right, premiering this week, we've got Bad Moms. Um, now, I watched the trailer for this. I'm very unimpressed for, with this movie. And, and it's one of those things, too, where, like, this kind of... I, I get what the target is. It's like, you know, mm. mom's fed up with, like, you know, gluten-free. I can't bring things to the bake sale, all these rules for my kids. But... This space has been covered for years by some very, very capable, funny women mm. already. As Stephanie Wilder Taylor has been doing it for years, and there's mm-hmm. plenty of blogs and really funny stuff out there. I feel like this is like too little, too late, and well, we've already kind of covered this ground. Well, I've don't you think though that the things you just mentioned, the other people mm-hmm. that have been covering it, and Stephanie, who's been on the show, and I think is mm-hmm. hilarious. It's never been a feature film. That's what struck me is that's I, true. I felt this yeah. way like like I know stand up comics have done this, right. but never mm-hmm. this specific medium. The first mm-hmm. part of the movie, I was like, oh god, is this another like parenting's hard? Right. And then I was like, oh, the second half of it, I feel like I'm kind of excited for it because. I don't know of a movie specifically mm. that has covered this subject matter. Well, that's a good point. So, well, you know, we'll, we'll see. Maybe, we'll, maybe it'll be funny. Yeah. When I saw the poster for it, the first thing that struck me was 
oh, all of these actresses used to be the female lead when they were younger. Yeah. You know, it's like, and now they're, it's not like they can get, you know, they're now beginning to age out. Yes. So now they're all the moms. Yeah. And Which, by you know, the way, they're still gorgeous moms. Sure. Oh, yeah. sure. Absolutely. Really oh, yeah. Moms. Yeah. They're yeah. all yeah. milfs. Yeah. This, sure. yeah. this is still a TV, a, a Hollywood movie. Yeah. Like, it's not but to me, and that's a good point. I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, wow, because... I know that this happens to well to to anyone ma- male or female right. that becomes a parent, um, but especially I've heard a lot of moms talk about this. Like you know, I was twenty five and partying, and then I have a kid, and you know, even though they they work out or whatever, it's not it's it's it's. The, I can never get sleep. It's you know. right. <laughs> I, I you know, and I think that that um, we're not the young, hip, cool, sexy anymore. Now that we're adults and we have children, I think. From what from what I saw from the trailer, this take on that now that subject matter has been covered a fair amount, mm-hmm. but this take on it seems like it might be interesting to me. Just the scene where she's Mila Kunis has this grandma bra on, and 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 she and her friend goes, "Oh my god!" She goes, "No, this is my sexy bra. That's your sexy like yeah. that." that was funny. <laughs> you know, it's like you have a unibra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was funny to me. So I'm I'm curious to see how this is because a lot of those women actually do have kids in real life. Right. Right. Yeah. And and they're having to yeah, they're they're shit hot moms. Yeah. <laughs> they're Hollywood actresses with personal trainers and nutritionists. <laughs> yeah. But still they're they're having to probably they're having to battle that in Hollywood. Right. Because they're not getting hired to do the bikini scene in the movie. All right. You've yeah. uh maybe moderately more interested in seeing this. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh so Jason Bourne. Now um yeah I guess what did one of our guests say? Yeah the the last one was so good that the original people decided to come back. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, wait, you're making money still? Yeah. All right, uh, fine. Uh, so. I was excited when I saw this trailer. You know what? I, was, <laughs> I have I'll to say, it. this one, uh, as long as they don't do that dumb, don't show me the action, up close action, I'm on board. Too like much I, handheld? Yeah, too mm. much handheld. If, you, if you're going to show me the action and him running around, like I love that scene where he just punches that guy in one shot like i know we talk about right. it more at the uh the comic-con episode coming up but that's uh, uh i'm excited too i think this is like kind of a good yeah i'm ready i'm ready for another installment of this franchise yeah with matt damon yeah i'm, I'm good to go uh, and i feel like you know matt damon doesn't have a history of just doing money grabs no he doesn't so i feel like right. for him if to he come wanted to do it it there's got to be something there that interested. There him. had to be a really mm. cool script, right. right? That's why I have faith in this. Um, the next movie is Gleason. This is actually a documentary. Uh, I believe it was an NFL player that was diagnosed with ALS. Hmm. If I'm remembering this correctly, so uh, yeah, at the age of 34, Steve Gleason was diagnosed with ALS. Doctors. Uh, and what gave, is ALS? Um, that's Lou Gehrig's disease. Ah, I okay. Believe. I'm sure Roman will send me a correction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, doctors gave the former NFL defensive back and New Orleans hero two to five years to live. So that is what Steve chose to do, live. Um, so it's really about his life. It's, yeah, a, documentary it's a documentary about his life. And, that's and, one of the things we say, too, is like for, with the show, we don't have fact checkers. We, you know, we run everything on a shoestring. We do the best we can. Uh, but we do. We have thousands of them listening. Uh, so yeah. We have thousands. Yeah, we have a yeah, whole team. Yeah, we have a whole team around the globe. Checkers. Yeah, around the globe and around the clock. So uh, they did. They are there. Um, so I, this documentary looks interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the thing that that we say about a documentary when it finds an interesting story and it's yeah. a human story, mm-hmm. and you see it. 
you know, what makes a good documentary so compelling is an actual human. It's actually happening, kind of unfolding in front of you as you're watching it. And it's like, holy shit. Right. Um, and what that would be like. Mm-hmm. So uh, it looks interesting to me. It looks like a cool doc. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. And the last uh, movie. Now, I didn't know this was getting a theatrical release, but Juan, you had said yeah. it is. It's getting must be getting a limited release. Yeah, it, it got a limited release. The Killing um, Joke, the Killing Joke uh, is a the latest DC animated film, and it is released uh, in theaters that yesterday and today. So, um, if you are a time traveler, after you hear this, uh, you would have been able to go back. And tonight, there's like two screenings, uh, two showings, seven and ten o'clock, um, of the Killing Joke. And the Killing Joke is this iconic um, Alan Moore graphic novel. Gra- Alan Moore graphic novel, and um, it was originally going to be completely set outside of continuity. But it became so popular that, of course, it bled into the DC universe proper. And now um, uh, Warner Brothers, of course, is going to milk every single um, best-selling graphic novel they have, and they'll just run it into the ground. Um, So they have now released – they've created this animated film. Which is, by the way, the first one that's rated R. The first rated R film, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Because of the subject matter of what happens in the story. Yes. um, It's brutal. It is. It is absolutely brutal. Uh, basically, it's the Joker trying to prove that everybody is one day away, one shitty, shitty day from having, uh, 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 from turning into him. Right. You know. Um. And you know. So he he, he goes through this. Um. Bruce Tim. You know the guy who created the the yes. uh, animated Batman the animated mm-hmm. series, um, Batman Beyond. He's the one who wrote and directed this. Um, Actually, it's directed by Sam Liu. Oh, Sam Liu. He just wrote it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so this story, um, that is very iconic is too small. So they, they're like, oh, well we need to add something. It's not a huge graphic novel. Yeah. It's a very, it's, you know, it's a quick story. Um, so they felt they needed to pad it out to make a, what, 76 minute release. Right. Um, and unfortunately, uh, Bruce Tim decided to add a relationship between yeah, Bruce. So, uh, just according to IMD, Bruce Tim is is listed as the, an executive producer, but he doesn't get a writing credit. He doesn't get a writing. Okay, well, um, he, he but he obviously influenced some stuff. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so there was an interview with him, and he has said that you know, in in the Killing Joke, um, Barbara Gordon is is a one note character. She's really just there to get shot, and he felt that. Um, he needed to, because of how iconic she has become in the wheelchair, mm-hmm. she needed to give that scene more heft. And She becomes Oracle. Uh, right. She mm-hmm. beco- becomes Oracle. She becomes a fan to many disabled uh, uh, yes. fans, mm-hmm. you know, um, because she's the first character. It's like, hey, look, she's in a wheelchair and she's still badass. Right. Right. Um, and, of course, they rebooted and they took that away from her um, because they she can walk again. Um, but anyways. So, um, Bruce Tim, unfortunately, yeah, all the good stuff gets taken away. Um, and, um, what happens is, um, Bruce Tim decides to build a relationship between Batman and Batgirl. Now, this is hinted at in Batman Beyond, um, that, you know, oh, something happened between these two and that's why they're not talking. And then it's later revealed, oh, they had a relationship. Now, 
I personally think that's kind of disgusting. Batman, I see as the patriarch of the Bat family. Yes. And, you know, he kind of raised her right. to be who she is. Um, you know, a, a, a relationship between Robin and Batgirl, that, that'd be perfect. That's right. what everybody Did wants. That happen? Uh, I believe it's been, you know, kind of off and on, but then mm. they never really got together. And then right. she kind of got with Batman instead. So now, obviously, she can't go with, um, with Dick Grayson. So I think that that was... I, I always felt kind of creepy about that, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's now been added into this story where they have a relationship, and that is what gives Batman the impetus to go after the Joker. Batman doesn't need a reason to go no. after the Joker, <laughs> right? He doesn't need a personal reason, right? It's just about... It's like the first Michael Keaton movie when they concocted that bullshit. Yeah. You know what's weird is, like, all the people involved in this, it, they've done it right for so many years. It's weird yes. that this would... Where they because I the left saw turn. I walked by uh, one of the giant DC or Batman booths at Comic Con and I saw this trailer playing and I was like oh yeah I love that graphic novel yeah so this kind of bums me out that yeah. you're saying that this well but here's here's the thing everyone is saying that is absolutely horrible however once you get past that it is then the greatest Batman story you've ever seen on animated <laughs> all film right, all right. you know so so yeah. it's this weird thing it's like everything that was added to the story sucks but then everything else is because it's Alan Moore right right and you know and 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 Bruce Tim obviously has love for Batman so oh, that yeah. that Batman part years. of it that part of it is amazing I mean that was groundbreaking when the original Batman animated series oh, came it, out. It, it, it was. It was. It's still, we're watching. I'm watching it now with my kids too. As we we uh, you know I reintroduce them to some of these shows, mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm watching them again. I'm like, you know what? These are still really good. They're dark. They're gritty. They're they're interesting, and they're just really well well made. Uh, yeah. Almost like like 30 minute morality plays yeah. it's Absolutely. you know I, I so you know like Vito had never seen the series right those years mm-hmm. ago and you know because like he was old he was already in college at the time when they came out and you know I showed I was like dude this is an amazing series so I showed him two episodes I showed him Heart of Ice Mm-hmm. And I showed him the Grey Ghost. Uh, those two episodes, he was like Adam West. Yeah, exactly. Right. He was after those episodes, like after Heart of Ice. He was like, "Oh my God!" And now I understand why you love this so much. Right. Right. That Heart of Ice episode is amazing. And then to see the Grey Ghost, you the know, Grey and ghost just all oh, the nostalgia. It's, it's yeah, just yeah, it was really cool. It, it just like even thinking back to it now, like I'm getting chills. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. You know. Um. So so Batman they're the on, animated series on a streaming service right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're you know, uh, Batman the animated series is the best version of Batman in a complete version that you you'll ever see. Yes. You know, um, you literally you know, there's enough animated stuff that you know with with the Justice League and the other Batman shows and stuff. Justice you, League's fantastic you know, too. Yeah, Justice and, League Unlimited, they're all good, and, and they're all part of the same universe. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can actually see the, and, and you can go on YouTube and you can see the history of Batman, basically from when his parents get shot. All the way to the end to, to Batman, to Batman Beyond. Beyond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and Future it's Batman where Terry McGinnis takes over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we can we now have this whole whole Batman life story that we can mm-hmm. see in animated form, and it is amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, DC animation has been amazing for for years, although yeah. now with this, you're like what are you guys doing? Well, I think they put out too many sometimes. Like, you know, if they had more time to work on each one, like, cause they are, they're mostly good. I have to say, but there's some, they're definitely hit, hit and miss. Uh, like I still think flashpoint, 
Um, Son of Batman and Under the Red Hood are probably still my favorites mm-hmm. out of all of them. I, I think I think There's uh, a really good uh, Superman one too. I can't remember the name of it now. New New Frontiers. The I think New, New Frontiers, Frontiers is just yeah. amazing. Like mm-hmm. if if anybody out there, if you want to see an amazing, was it Flash uh, Green Lantern story? Yeah. New Frontier is the right. best thing you're gonna right. see. Oh. You know, Darwin Cook art. It's just, yeah. it's just a great, amazing. <laughs> like, uh. and they, uh, they, they. This one came out a while ago, but it's a. Uh, I think it's four or five short films on one DVD. It's called Superman: uh, Return of Black Adam. It's when um, Shazam first getting his powers, and he Superman is teaching him the morality of having powers it's amazing it's so good and it's only like 20 minutes long and it shows more character in superman and shazam than any Hmm. of the live action movies that have out like it's talking about like you know this i'm getting bullied like when you know the shazam is a kid yeah it's billy batson he's like i'm getting bullied he's talking to clark kent the reporter he's like and clark kent he's like you know good is hard good is yes and he goes through teaching him he's like it feels that way and then they go and he gets his powers like why shouldn't I do whatever you want? You know, it's like, well, because you have a choice. You want to be good? You want to be a good person? Or do you want to be like him, like Black Adam? And Black Adam even says in, in like, a, a great uh, line, he goes, the power, it changes you, doesn't it? Like when he's talking to Shazam. And it's like, there's so many good moments in that. And uh, there's, like, I think there's a, a Green Arrow one. There's a Spectre one, and then there's a Jonah Hex one on this disc. It's great. Mm. So uh, it's called I'm Trying to Black Adam. All right. That's wow. our show. That's that is our quite episode. Our um, oh, we all got some great uh, things from you guys about having a baguette award. Yeah. We're talking about yeah. oh, that's an awful film. So we're going to start what we think is maybe a baguette. The Golden Baguette Award. The Golden Baguette Award. The Golden baguette. And then Mitch McGrew wrote that we should do an end of the year award show. Okay. And that's I think we're going to we're going to try to put that yeah. together, like mm-hmm. our best film of the you know, and he's and my you know baguette actor of the year, whatever. Worst like, movie I had to see with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then he said he said a food movie, which is a not great movie that I kind of liked. Yeah, because you were in the food. Because <laughs> I was in the food theater. <laughs> so thank you for that, Mitchell. That's our show. Uh, man, this was fun. It was great talking. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Everything. Talking Comic-Con, talking the state Comics of the Comics and movies. Yeah. Everything. And racism. racism. We covered a lot of ground. Yeah, right? yeah. gun issue. Yeah. We, got, yeah. we, got, we did a lot. <laughs> Uh, so Juan Manuel where can people find you on the internet your show everything uh, great so uh, the show is called Comics on Comics you can go to comicsoncomics.com uh, Twitter Facebook uh, YouTube that is all Comics on Comics um, I do a live show at the Hollywood Improv it's monthly um, uh, next week or actually this Thursday um, we actually have uh, Satine Phoenix mm-hmm. we have comic book creator Mom and we have some obscure comedian Chris Man Man Mancy something I don't I don't I don't know who he is I don't sounds know. Italian yeah, yeah. you know um, some some guy who's gonna show up and he'll talk about um, it's my Comic Con wrap up show um, so we're, we're basically just gonna be talking about Comic Con our experience what we did um, what we saw um, it is at the Hollywood Improv it is at the Hollywood Improv Lab and it is uh, um, uh Early show, 6 p.m. Uh, yeah, it is 6 p.m., 6 to 7. Happy hour drinks are in effect. Um, so absolutely check it out. Uh, you can download the show on iTunes. Um, hopefully my uh, Comic-Con show, which we shot last week, will be up sooner rather than later. Nice. Um, and um, uh, I am also um, a part of this um, uh, this Kickstarter that happened uh, for a movie series called uh, Night Shadow. Oh, nice! And uh, it's the, this guy Logan Cross has created this whole 
um, superhero universe because he, he used to do like little short films, mm-hmm. and this is basically his third reboot of his of his universe, and he actually has money this time. So um, he contacted me about being the like story editor of the superhero universe. Oh, cool! And and nice. and creating all of the connections between the characters. So um, he created like over 50, 60 characters that wow. he's already shot videos for, and he has wow. this history for. And he's bringing me in to to basically add all the comic book elements. And, and make sure it works as a coherent universe. So hopefully that's something that um, I believe his first movie goes into production at the end of the year. Um, and if it does well, it will spring out into, into many more things. So, so hopefully, you know, um, knock on, on the plastic, uh, I, will, I you know, will be working as an architect in, in creating this that's universe. Awesome. That's awesome, that's dude. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, well, cool. Well, speaking of the, the lab at the Hollywood Improv, uh, we'll be recording uh, another episode of Pop Divas August 8th at 6 p.m. That's a Monday. The same thing. It's an hour, 6 to 7. It's free. They got drink specials, food specials, the whole thing. It's a great little room. It's a 50, yeah. 60 seat room. Uh, and that show, Pop Divas, of course, is on iTunes. We've done three episodes thus far. Uh, thank you to have all. You, have you been recording that live? Have you been going on Facebook? Uh, live? Always rec- what's, what do you mean? Like so, so what I've started doing the second Facebook Live was announced. I, I with my iPhone, I set it up in the back and I stream the show live. Oh. So I'm now getting a new camera that should be here uh, not this week, but uh, for the next show. And you know, I'll be Facebook Live like 4K um, camera. And it was so going to be live. Is just like a periscope of yes, except it stays there forever, and it's going to your Facebook feed, so all your Facebook friends have it. Oh, I so, so this past weekend, I was going live from the floor. I was going live from outside. Um, you know, live streaming is is the future. Yeah, and I think that anytime you guys are doing a live show, set up a camera, go live on Facebook, go live on YouTube, right. um, and and yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay. I'll do that. Um, also, I'll be headlining the Zanies in Rosemont uh, this week, July 27th through the 30th. Uh, check that out. We're doing an earbud screening. Uh, Ooh. It's not necessarily open to the public. It's uh, Are we sure it is or it isn't? Or do we have like a definitive yes or no? It's, def- it's happening August 2nd. No, no, no. That The public is or not open to. If you really want to go, email us. Okay. Because it's at UTA. That's fair enough. We can't yeah. just... People like <laughs> oh okay. So if you're okay. if you're in LA August second, yeah. Info at uh, comedyfilmnerds.com. Let us know. We'll put you on a guest list. Yeah. Um, so uh, and then of course LA Podfest September 23rd through the 25th. Um, I can announce our first guest for our live show. Yeah. Cecil Baldwin from uh, Welcome to Night. Oh yeah, Ooh. Night Vale. Um, yeah, Criminals in the Festival. Criminals mm-hmm. only doing a special show. Yep. So is Welcome to Night Vale. It's uh, only going to be seen on the stream. That's only it. seen on Ooh. the stream. Uh, they're mm-hmm. not going to release it as a download. No. So you've got to come buy a ticket live or pay for the the stream. Of course, the stream is now for sale. This is the earliest we've had it for sale. So it's twenty five bucks if you use coupon code CFN. You get twenty, mm-hmm. um, and we get some money at each show that uh, has a. Coupon go gets a little money. So check that out, you guys. Um, I think that's it. That is our supersized Comic Con. Supersized Comic Con episode. Uh, we're going to release uh, 
a Star Trek spoiler and also the episode that we recorded with Rick Myers at Comic-Con. Yes. That'll come out mm. next week. Eric Jacobus is on that. We really kind of could talk about the state of action movies. Yep. And uh, Neil's on it, too. Neil's on it, too. So uh, it's a bunch of guys recording at... Uh, uh, after midnight. Yeah. Yeah. The, at about midnight. 1230. <laughs> in a hotel room. In a hotel room in San Diego. After just doing a two and a half hour panel. Yes. <laughs> It was awesome. Um, so that's our show. Uh, thank you so much, Juan Manuel. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you all, all you guys that have listened and sent us stuff in. We really appreciate it. We love your feedback. We love your jokes, your point avoiders, all of it. Thanks for all the support. Thanks for all the support. You guys uh, make this really worthwhile because we're just a little business trying to keep our head above water. And there's a lot of giant corporations buying up podcast mm-hmm. stuff yeah not and, us they're not, not buying us no, up we're yeah. not us so we're just <sighs> struggling to get by yeah. while uh huge conglomerates buy stuff up yeah um so thanks for supporting uh independent artists my mm. name is graham elwood and i'm chris mancini and as always remember han shot first rocha <laughs> <laughs>